0: All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? Benny, it's a
1: two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1936-1937 season. Tonight's episode is the May 30th episode. What's cool about this episode is that uh, the sound quality I found is much higher than the previous than I've previously presented. Now, it was a real, I don't know, uh, challenge for me to figure out which one to present to you because uh, the other one that I had that I brought to you five years ago, that version of the show had lots of pops and clicks and things, but you could tell the sound quality is of a higher sound quality, just the, the, the voices and things, but there's so many pops and clicks, it's so distracting that I decided to bring you this episode instead, which is the same episode, but doesn't have the pops and clicks, but it's a little more muted, the episode. Not a lot, but uh, to give you a chance to compare the two, I'm going to be playing my old intro after this, and then it'll go into about a minute of the old episode that I presented, and then it'll present the whole new one after that, so you'll get a chance to kind of compare the two and see what you think. Now, the other thing that I'm presenting tonight is the Jack Parr show, and on the Jack Parr show, he was Jack's summer replacement in 1947, because at this point, last week we presented the last Jack Benny show from the 46-47 season, and the last Phil Harris show from the 46-47 season. So now you get a chance to enjoy Jack Parr. Jack's summer replacement, and on tonight's episode, his guest is Dennis Day, and they do a great bit on that episode that I think you really need to hear. The other thing is, the Jack Parr show, though it's 70 years old, a lot of it sounds like the foundations of the talk shows, the nighttime talk shows that we have now. Self-depreciating sense of humor that he has, he he basically... um, puts himself down, puts down talk shows, puts down lots of things. It was really refreshing then. Now uh, it's currently what they pretty much all of the nighttime talk show hosts use as well, but I think after 70 years it's worn a little bit in that the way they put themselves down and put their their shows down and put down television in general and the networks that they're on and so forth, Uh, I think it was fresher back in 70 years ago. But it gives you a chance to hear that. And like I say, the the bit between Dennis as his guest and Jack Parr is just priceless. So enjoy that as well. And then uh, we shall see you next time. I hope you enjoy both episodes. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. With tonight's episode of The Jack Benny Show from the 1936-37 season, we can even see more growth of the Phil Harris character as he starts to banter with uh different women that he runs into and you can start to see the womanizer side come out more and more as through progress through this season um i just think i've really enjoyed this season in in seeing how phil starts out and then where he is mid-season and now where he is at this point Uh, i think next season is going to be a lot of fun with phil too to see how his character continues to change Uh, big changes coming up for eddie anderson's uh, performances in the next few weeks and uh, keep tuning in anyway enjoy this episode
2: J-E-L-L. oh.
3: the jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra the orchestra opens the program with all R. <laughs> Just around the corner is June and hot summer days. That...
2: J-E-L-L-O oh.
3: The Jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens the program with O R. <laughs> Just around the corner is June and hot summer days that call for crisp, tempting salads. And the best salads I know of call for jello. Try combining fresh vegetables or fruits with jello for an appetizing luncheon or supper salad. If you've never used jello in salads, you've missed a great bet. For shimmering jello makes the most refreshing, zestful salad you ever serve. And here's one suggestion. Mold shredded cabbage, diced cucumbers, and celery in lemon jello. Serve on crisp lettuce with real mayonnaise. Or make a fresh fruit salad with orange jello. Why, there are any number of interesting salad combinations you can work out for yourself using any one of Jello's six delicious flavors. And you'll enjoy them all, for Jello has that extra rich fruit flavor flavor that comes from the real ripe fruit itself. But whether you serve Jello as a salad or as a dessert, always be sure to get the real thing genuine Jello. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, let us hail the return of the man who last week was flat on his back, but is now standing here, flat on his feet, Jack Benny.
0: Hello again, this is Jack Benny, remember? The fellow who wasn't here last Sunday? And I want to tell you something, Don, it's a good thing I've got flat feet. (laughs) Because I'm still pretty shaky, and I'd probably topple right over if they weren't. <laughs> oh, come on now, Jack. You weren't so terribly sick. I wasn't, eh? That's all you know about it. As it happens, I was critically ill. Why well, I didn't see any headlines in the papers about it. Well, that's not my fault. I phoned them all.
4: <laughs>
0: Next time, I'll take out an ad. Well, Jack, you certainly look rested
3: after a whole week in bed. Did you get much sleep?
0: Don, how could I sleep with 12 flu germs playing bingo on my chest? (laughs) Playing bingo, eh? Yes. I didn't mind that so much, but when they asked me to call out the numbers, I thought that was going too fast. You know, know, I'm still pretty weak. Well, you certainly don't look at Jack. You're the picture of health. Now, that's silly, Don. Take a look at my tongue. Eh. Mm, I don't see anything unusual. It's just a common, ordinary tongue. Oh, it is, eh? Well, then I'm glad I stuck it out at you. (laughs) You're just jealous because I look like Dracula. All
3: right, all right. If it'll make you any happier, you look lousy.
0: Now you're talking. (laughs) I'm glad you woke up. Uh, Pardon me, Mr. Benny. It's time for your pill. Oh, yes. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Uh, Don, I want you to meet Dr. Baldy.
4: I'm...
0: You know, I'm, uh, I'm still under his care. How do you do, Doctor? You could stand dieting, young man. Oh.
4: <laughs>
0: you see, Don, his mind is always on his word. Uh, my nurse is here, too. She's waiting out in the hall. Why don't you have her come in? Oh, no, not with these orchestra boys around. <laughs> They're wolves in rented clothing.
5: <laughs> hello, Jack. I'm glad to see you back again.
0: Oh, hello, Mary. Thanks. Gee, I sure had a tough time this past week. <laughs> don't I look awful?
5: I'll say. You're as pale as a goat.
0: Ghost? You mean pale as a ghost?
5: Well, this goat is dead.
0: Oh, oh, a goat ghost. Well, that was fast thinking. What? I say that was fast thinking.
5: Oh, I thought you were talking about the goat.
0: No, I wasn't.
4: <laughs>
0: and Mary, I want to thank you for those lovely roses you sent me. They were beautiful. Uh, were they? Yeah, it's the first time I've ever seen a third of a dozen. <laughs> But, Mary, I did notice that the roses were quite limp and droopy there. What happened?
5: I knew you were sick, so I boiled them. Well, (laughs) it's
0: a good idea. You can't be too careful, you know. Oh, hello, Kenny. Hello, Jack. Gee, you look so laurel and hearty. That's hale and hearty, but let it go.
6: Oh, that's all right.
0: The next time I'm sick, don't wire congratulations. (laughs) Well, it worked on Mother's Day. Well, let's not get involved in that, you know. Mr. Benny, it's time for your medicine again. Oh, yes, Doctor, yes. Now, first you take this red pill, and then you follow it with this white one. Mm, two of them this time. I What's the white pill for? In case the red one is poison.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's thoughtful. Isn't he an unusual doctor, Mary?
5: Yeah, what do you take in case of him? <laughs> I wish I knew.
6: Say, Jack, is that girl out in the hall your nurse? Now, who do you mean? That pretty blonde with a white uniform and Phil Harris around her neck.
0: Oh, where'd you see her?
7: Oh, out in the hall around Phil Harris's neck.
0: I thought you said Phil was around her neck.
7: Oh, they're all mixed up.
0: No, so that's why Phil sneaked out of here. I got a good mind to go out there and put him in his place.
5: Oh, Jack, you're up on your feet now. Why don't you stay that way?
4: <laughs>
0: Yes, maybe i better wait till I myself again, you know. Oh, it's you. Hiya, Jack, old boy. Glad to see you back again. Thanks. What are you doing out in the hall there, Phil? Well, I wasn't feeling so good, so I had your nurse take my temperature. You did, eh? Well, wipe it off your lips. (laughs) What's that you got in your hand? She wrote me out a prescription. Oh, yeah? What is it? Hillside, 5027. (laughs) Get me a bottle of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's time for you to play a number, so get ready. Okay. And another thing, this nurse is here to take care of me, so please stay away from her. I got a temperature, too. Quiet, Kenny. Play, Phil. Oh, nursey, nursey, oh, (laughs) toot. played by Phil Harris and my nurse, or his orchestra. And uh, incidentally, Phil, I listened to you last Sunday when I was home, you know, and your specialty was very good. I didn't know it was in you. Thanks, my little buckaroo. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Did you hear me too, Jack? Of course I did, Kenny. I thought you did a swell job.
6: Believe me, I was all in. I had to sing three songs.
0: Oh, what a strain. Three songs in one week. I don't see how you did it. (laughs) I bet it'll tell on me when I get older. (laughs) Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Say, Mary, that reminds me. Why didn't you work last Sunday? To me? Yeah.
5: Oh, I wasn't feeling so good. I had fever and chills and pains and a headache. Oh. So we all went to the Trocadero. <laughs> it
0: have been quite a party, it? Huh?
5: Yeah, with some stuff. Yeah.
0: Say, hey, Jack, tell us the truth. Did you get a kick sitting home listening to your own show? Yes, I did, Don. And I'm going to tell you something, but don't let it go to your head. Uh, when you read the commercial and told everybody how to make jello... Well, it just did something to me. <laughs> I tell you, Don, I was electrified.
4: <laughs>
0: oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. And, Don, listen, Don, when you said look for the big red letters on the box, as thick as I was, I jumped right out of bed and looked for them.
4: <laughs>
3: you did?
0: Yes, sir. Ah, uh, Jack, didn't you love the way I said there is only one Jello, and the trademark is your guarantee? Don, when I heard that, Well, there was a lump on my throat. Don't you mean a lump in your throat? No, this was an ice bag. (laughs) But, Don, the biggest thrill I got all evening was when you mentioned the different flavors. Really, Jack? Absolutely. Of course, when you started out with strawberry, raspberry, and cherry, that didn't affect me so much. But when you got to orange, I felt myself slipping. And by the time you reached lime... What happened? I was in another world. (laughs) You were?
5: And snoring twice as loud as ever before. I was
0: not. Mr. Benny, it's time for another pill. Oh, yes, doctor, yes. Here you are, a pretty blue one. Hey, wait a minute, this is a button. Oh, goody, I've been looking for that all week. (coughs) Oh, answer the phone, Mary. If that's my father, tell him it's in the mail.
5: Okay. Hello? Yes? Oh, hello, Mama?
0: No, oh, it's her again.
5: Yes. Yes, Mama, yours is in the mail, too. Uh, what? Oh, Jack is feeling much better. No, Mama, I won't get too close to him.
0: You think I had measles or something.
5: Yes, Mama, Jack's going to take a vacation in a few weeks. We all are. What? No. No. No, Mama, you can't. That's impossible.
0: What does she want, Mary?
5: Mama wants to take over the summer show.
0: (laughs) Tell her no, I'll never be able to follow her.
5: Uh, Oh, Mama, he says he'll never be able to follow you. What?
0: (laughs) What are you laughing at?
5: She says you won't even be able to follow this phone call.
0: (laughs) Oh, matching wits, huh?
5: Well, goodbye, Mama. Thanks for calling. I'll write you a letter tomorrow. What? Oh, that's too bad. Well, goodbye. Isn't that awful, Jack? I won't be able to write letters home anymore. Why not? Papa's raising pigeons in the mailbox.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, send her my dove. Or my love. <laughs> and now, uh, ooh, and now, folks, they very... <laughs> About the worst gag I've ever pulled, Letty. And now, quote, that Mary's mother has had her little fling, Kenny Baker will sing. Uh, what are you going to sing, Kenny? Oh, I'll think of something. Well, think, Kenny. Playboys.
7: Or if you felt regret I noticed when you kissed me That both your cheeks were wet Till we meet again, my sweet That memory will remain
0: singing Was It Rain from the Hit Parade. And, Kenny, I must tell you, last Sunday I heard you sing that number you wrote. Uh, what's the name of it again? You Are My Love. That's it. It was beautiful. I'll, I'll have to play it on my violin sometime.
7: Oh, Jack, it's my first song.
4: <laughs>
0: well...
5: Let it grow up before you kill it.
0: You two have a lot of respect for an invalid.
4: <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our, uh, for
0: our feature attraction this evening, for our dramatic Socko, we are going to present an original mystery melodrama, a thrilling and blood-curdling adventure entitled Death at Midnight, or the... <laughs> murder case.
4: <laughs>
0: now, I will play the part of Detective O'Benny. Who always gets his man. Phil Harris will be my assistant.
5: Who always gets your girl.
0: Quiet. <laughs> now, if this is a murder mystery, Mary Livingston will be the wife of the murderee. <laughs> and Kenny Baker will be the victim.
7: Oh, gee, there's no future in that.
5: <laughs> I'm going to be your wife. What have I got?
0: Please. And last but not thinnest is Don Wilson, who will be the butler. However, before presenting our mystery, folks, let me give you a brief synopsis of what has happened up to now. On the night of May 3rd, A.D., after dinner,
4: <laughs>
0: Mr. J. Wellington Crotzmere.
5: Wellington, yes.
0: A social lion was found murdered in his den. At the time of the murder, his wife was in the room reading a copy of Live Alone and Like It, which may have thrown her a thought. The victim was playing solitaire when suddenly he was interrupted by a lead kibitzer. (laughs) Now, who committed this crime? Was it the butler? I didn't do it, I tell you, I didn't do it. Was it the French maid? Ooh la la, viva la corp. (laughs) Was it Bing Crosby? No, but he mentioned my name last week. And now the wife, Mrs. Crosby. Did you kill your husband?
5: I hated him. I loathed him. I despised him. So that night I...
0: Stop! We can't give it away now, folks. (laughs) But this mystery will go on immediately after the next number. (laughs) Play, Phil, and make it snappy. Our listeners must be on the edge of their seats. Don't fall off, folks. Phil Harrison as orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our mystery play, Murder at Midnight, or When My Dream Boat Comes Home. <laughs> the opening scene is the office of Detective O'Benny at police headquarters. Curtain. Phone call. I mean music. <laughs> hello police headquarters let me talk to detective o'benny that's me what is it my name is jay wellington crotchmere well there's nothing i can do about that (laughs) what's on your mind i got a hunch i'm going to be murdered what makes you think so
7: my wife is always pointing a gun at me (laughs)
0: when she pulls the trigger let me know all
7: right goodbye goodbye
0: anything wrong cap oh some fella thinks he's going to be murdered is he I hope not. The boys are delivering beer in the patrol wagon.
4: <laughs>
0: Hello? Detective O'Benny speaking.
8: Uh, this is Mrs. Crossmere. Were you just talking to my husband?
0: Yes, nice chap.
8: He sure was.
0: <laughs> now, what do you mean?
8: Come over at once. I think he's been shot.
0: Your husband shot? What makes you think so?
8: He's laying on the floor, and there's an extra buttonhole in his shirt. <laughs>
0: There is, eh? Well, I'll be right over. And don't make any more buttonholes till I get there.
8: Okay, Cap, bring some white rock.
0: Right. (laughs) Goodbye. What happened, Cap? Crotsmere was right. So was Barnum. Yes, and they're both dead. Well, we got to do something about that. You take Barnum and I'll take Crotsmere. No, you take Barnum and I'll take Crotsmere. Barnum, Barnum, Crotsmere, 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 Barnum. Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) No, we can't do that. We got to get over there at once and investigate. Follow me, Harris. Right, O Cap. Take care of the office, Lieutenant. Okay. Come on, Sarge. Let's go. Better take your pill first, Mister Benny. Oh, all right, Doc. Come on, Sarge. We're off. Capo Benny rides again. <laughs> well, here we are, Sarge. This is the place, all right. Open up in the name of the law. This is police headquarters. Doggone it! I forgot to release the brake. <laughs> well, let's try again. This must be the place, Sarge. It better be. We're out of gas. Open up! Come on, open the door. I'll break it down. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, eh? Make a note of that, Sarge. Okay, Cap. (laughs) You're the butler, aren't you? How do you know? Your uniform is a dead giveaway. Now, come on, you, where's the body? You mean Mr. Krotsmir's?
3: Yes. He's right there on the floor.
4: (laughs) Thanks.
0: Follow me, Sarge. Yeah, (laughs) ma'am. Musicians are all alike. (laughs) Who's this? Wait a minute, are you Mrs. Croxmere? No, I am the maid. Yeah, what's your name? Fee Fee. Your last name? Poo Poo. Fee Fee Poo Poo. Wee Wee. Wee Wee. Make a note of that, Sarge. Woo
4: Woo!
0: Uh uh. Now, Fee bring Mrs. Croxmere in here.
8: Here I am, cap, fit as a fiddle and ready for a new husband. Oh, yeah?
0: I want to talk to you, madam.
8: Go ahead, blue coat. Take a load off your feet and sit down.
0: Thanks. Ouch! What's the matter, Cap? I've been looking for that badge all day. Oh. (laughs) Now, Mrs. Crosmere, where were you at the time of the murder?
8: Back at the gun, minding my
0: own business. So you did have a gun, eh? Yes. Where'd you buy the bullets? At Bullets Wilshire. <laughs> That's a local gag, folks, but it fits. Now, listen, Mr. Trotsmere, I want the whole story from you right from the start, and I want the truth. Get at the truth! Okay,
8: bloodhound. <laughs> My husband and I were sitting in the den. He was behind his desk cleaning his pipe.
0: Yes, yes, go on.
8: When suddenly a shot rang out. I looked toward the window... And there I saw.
3: Beg pardon, madam. Are we having jello for dinner?
8: Yes, Jenkins.
3: Any particular flavor?
8: A little of each, and be sure that it's genuine jello with the big red letters on the box.
0: Make a note of that, Sarge. Gotcha, pal. <laughs> now, go ahead, Mrs. Crossmere. What did you see?
8: Well, I looked out of the window, and there in the moonlight, I saw shadows running across the lawn.
0: Oh, moonlight and shadows, then. <laughs> Must have been making a dash for the hit parade. Make a note of that, Sarge. Ain't worth it. And then what happened, Mrs. Crotsmere?
8: I screamed and fire two shots.
0: Two shots, eh? I thought you were lying. Now, listen, gal, you're coming with me. And what's more, you're coming without a struggle.
8: I never struggled
0: yet, big boy.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: then slap the bracelets on her, Sarge. <laughs> now, let's go. Now, wait a minute. Hold everything. No one move. Come in. It's time for another pill, Mr. Benny.
4: <laughs>
2: I haven't
0: got time for that, Doc. Now, get out of here. Come on, Sarge, and take Mrs. Crossmere with you. What was that? Look, Sarge, someone threw a stone through the window. Yes, Captain, there's a note tied around it. A note, eh? What does it say? Hillside 5027.
4: <laughs>
0: that nurse again, she sure gets around. Come on, let's go. Wait a minute, Sarge. Wait a minute. There's the phone. Maybe it's a clue. I'll take it. Hello? Yes? Yes? What? Who? Cactus face? Cactus
4: huh? Faith?
0: Doggone it, we got the wrong last page. What'll I do now? <laughs>
3: This will be concluded next Sunday night. Will the murder be solved? Will they find the right page? Will Jack's doctor run out of pills? Listen in next Sunday night and find out.
4: Play, Pill.
3: Is a great favorite with everybody, and here's a dessert that's everybody's favorite: ice cream made with Jell-O ice cream powder. The new way to have rich, mellow ice cream more quickly, more easily, more economically. For Jell-O ice cream powder makes delicious, creamy ice cream, the kind with the real, old-fashioned, homemade flavor. Yet you actually use less cream and get more ice cream, and you make it right in the freezing trays of your refrigerator. Or if you prefer, you'll get the same wonderful results with an ordinary hand freezer. All you do is combine jello ice cream powder with milk, some cream and sugar, and you'll soon have a quart and a half of smooth, mellow ice cream. An economical, <laughs> I'll say it is, why one package of jello ice cream powder makes uh, one and a half quarts of ice cream twice as much as most other such products on the market. So serve ice cream made with jello ice cream powder soon. There are five rich, delicious flavors. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, lemon, and maple, and there is unflavored, too, so that you can make any flavored ice cream you want. Ask your grocer tomorrow for several packages of Jell-O ice cream powder.
0: of the 35th program in the new Jello series. We're with you again next Sunday night when we will finish our thrilling mystery, so be sure and listen in. Come on, Mary, you going home? Take my handcuffs off first. Oh, yes, that's right. Good night, folks. <laughs>
3: Run away from love is from the Singing Marine. The Jello program comes to you from Hollywood over the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company.
1: Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to our very first episode of the Jack Parr Show. And Jack Parr was a Summer replacement in nineteen forty seven for the Jack Benny show Jack hand selected Jack Parr to take over for him he'd uh, as as uh, jack um Benny was doing some of his u s o tours and things he bumped into a young comedian Jack Parr and remembered him and uh when the war was over invited him to replace him for the summer. And the Jack Parr show is so interesting in radio history in that it kind of lays the groundwork for the talk show format, or at least parts of it, that we see today. The, You know, a lot of it. I was going to say not the interview segments, but really he does have an interview segment. Certainly on this show he has an interview segment with Dennis Day that's not a direct, you know, it's definitely um, scripted and acted out, but... But it's, I don't know, it's got a, the whole show has a flavor that reminds you of current talk shows. And certainly Jack Parr, uh, whatever, 15 years after this, would get a shot at doing the Tonight Show and be very successful and basically help create the whole Tonight Show uh, format that later, of course, Johnny Carson would use. And then uh, certainly today, Conan O'Brien um david letterman uh Jay Leno are all using that format so it 's fun to hear this and that 's why I brought this to you on our summer of adventure one because it 's uh what is it now um, forty five years old um, no sixty five years old <laughs> i'm losing myself here sixty five years old uh, this summer we are celebrating the 65th anniversary of these original airings of these shows and as well that it is an adventure in comedy it is a new uh, area that he was taking on and um, I think it's interesting how Stan Freeberg's show and this one were both pushing the bounds of what comedy was Stan's from 10 years later and that's the one I brought you yesterday on Saturday and uh, Jack Parr's from 10 years earlier but both of them, I think, pushed the envelope so much and the audience wasn't quite ready for it, neither was the uh, networks that they didn't quite know what to do with it. And so both shows ran only uh, this summer, just the thirteen episodes and then ended. Um, but they are fun to have and enjoy, and they hold up very, very well. So, anyway, uh, enjoy this episode of the Jack Parr Show. Hello again, this is Buck Benny talking. Ah, it's Father's Day. I'm relaxing out on a hammock with my laptop in my lap. Tonight we have uh, instead of our normal Jack Benny, uh, we have his replacement for the nineteen uh, summer of nineteen forty seven which was Jack Parr. And so this is the first episode of the Jack Parr Show from a Sunday night way back in 1947. Uh, His guest tonight is Dennis Day, and they do a fun, fun little bit on uh, guest stars that's still applicable today. So I hope you listen to that and enjoy that part of the show. The Jack Parr Show, I've been talking about it for a while. I'm sure you guys uh, have maybe heard those other podcasts, or if you haven't, we'll go over a little bit of that ground here today. Um, uh, The Jack Parr Show uh, is important for lots of reasons. Um, The first one, uh, for me, being that he was, that Jack handpicked him uh, to have a show to replace him for that summer of '47. Uh, The show that Jack Parr put together. Uh, is amazing in lots of ways. Um, I'm not sure. Chances are he's emulating somebody else's show. I don't know. But this is the earliest show I know of that brings in uh, kind of the whole monologue thing, which uh, is probably similar, I suppose, to Bob Hope's show and a little bit of Jack Benny. uh, But Jack uh, didn't really start with a monologue. Usually he would sort of start with he and... um, Don kind of going at it a little bit about his introduction and then bring in Mary or whoever and bounce off of them for a while. But this is definitely just, uh, Jack's into monologue. Jack Parr, anyway, is in a monologue and, um, after the monologue, he goes into, uh, multiple short skits, um, which I suppose Fred Allen did. I don't know there's just something about Jack Parr probably because he is Jack Parr (laughs) that makes uh, it feel more like uh, the Tonight Show really Um, and like late night talk shows and and, uh, just I don't know the wit the kind of grown-up savvy sort of take on things um, the satire um, just kind of make it feel like the late night shows have felt for years uh, I've talked about this being, um, I thought this was good timing with the whole Conan O'Brien taking over for uh, Jay Leno on the Tonight Show uh, in the last three weeks or so um, because of course if you don't know, the Tonight Show was originally uh, Steve Allen hosted it and then after Steve Allen left uh it changed titles for a few months uh, because Jack Parr was still uh, tied into working for a a different channel I think over at CBS then uh, when he became free a few months later they had him take over The Tonight Show and it it regained the name The Tonight Show and eventually changed his name to The Jack Parr Show but then when Jack Parr left of course Johnny Carson took over and it went by The Tonight Show from then on and then, of course, after Carson, we have Leno, and then after Lenin, Leno, we have Conan O'Brien. It'll be interesting to see what Leno's gonna do at 10 o'clock at night. Um, the first time a late night talk show has really been moved to prime time, uh, which again ties back to this, because, uh, of course, the Jack Parr show was in prime time, uh, from 1947. So, I hope you enjoy Jack Parr, Um before I go I'll mention this about Jack. It always impresses me. Jack I should say Jack Benny. Um he appeared on Jack Parr the Jack Parr show, but not the first week. That was Dennis. And then it was a few more weeks before probably halfway through the summer or so, um, before Jack Benny appeared on on Jack Parr's show, and we'll have that episode coming up with uh Jack Benny as the guest star, but that just shows to me a lot of character uh, to come on and help out your summer replacement by actually appearing on the show somewhere later in the summer. I mean, it'd be pretty easy. Like Dennis Day here, um, he appears goes one week into the studio and is on the Jack Benny show, and he's going going in every week for months on end. He just goes in one extra week. Only this time is on the Jack Parr show which is great and a uh, good commitment by Dennis and so forth and of course gets paid for it but to have Jack Benny go away for a while in the summer probably go on vacation or something and then come back and be on an episode of a show that you know he doesn't need the publicity or anything he's doing it basically for Jack Parr um, and, a, and Jack Parr's audience um, so I just think that's pretty classy of Jack Benny and Jack, in so many ways, came across as a classy guy. And so did Jack Parr. So, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you um, forgive me for posting that picture of a perfume on my Sunday sermon. <laughs> and and I hope you have a great weekend. Oh, man, it's starting to rain on me out here on my hammock. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> It's just nice to be out here. I think I've had this hammock up here for two years, and the kids always play on it, and I never get a chance to get out here on it. And my wife said today, oh, it's Father's Day. Get out there and get on the hammock. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll cart the laptop out here and see if it's close enough to the house to actually get a uh, connection to my broadband, and it did. So I'm very happy with that, though now I'm getting wet. <laughs> I should probably take my laptop back in before it gets shorted out. Anyway, have yourselves a great week. If you haven't got out on a hammock lately, get out on a hammock and relax, and uh, we'll see you next week.
9: Fine tobacco, year in, year out. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. Yes, fine tobacco that means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, lucky strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed. So free and easy on the draw. (laughs) From Hollywood, Lucky Strike presents the Jack Parr Program with songs by Trudy Irwin, the Paige Cavanaugh Trio, Jerry Fielding and the Orchestra, yours truly, High Averbach, and starring America's newest comedy personality... Jack Parr.
10: Thank you, thank you. This is Jack Parr. Well, we're a little late, so good night, folks.
4: <laughs>
10: I don't get it either, but everybody says it, and it always gets a big hand. I don't know. Well, how do you like the show so far? Uh, in case any of you are disappointed, remember 17 more weeks till Jack Benny. Now, for those of you who have their hats on and are starting up the aisle, may I say that I'm not new in radio. I started many years ago as an announcer, but I get tired of saying things like the program that was recorded at an earlier hour to be played at this time will not be heard because some jerk fell down and broke the record. (laughs) And for a while, I worked on those daytime serial stories. This one was called Love Came to Her Once, But Wham! I played the part of Wham! (laughs) So, you see, I'm well prepared to do this job for Lucky Strike. As a matter of fact, I'm a linguist. I understand eight languages and Effie Boone. (laughs) Of course, I'm in a little different situation than most comedians. I haven't enough money to hire 14 gag writers like Bob Hope. I saw Hope and his writers coming out of his office one day. It looked like recess at UCLA.
4: <laughs>
10: There's one thing I'd like to explain. We're not going to give anything away on this program. This is not the pot of gold, or the show they call Answer It, or You're a Schnook. <laughs> if your telephone rings while we're on the air, it just means one thing, your phone bill is paid.
4: <laughs> I may
10: it funnier later on, but I doubt it. And oh, yes... And oh yes, this is a non-profit show. All the money we make tonight is going to a worthy charity. It's being sent to Washington for the underprivileged Democratic children. (laughs) P.S. The management has asked me to announce that immediately after this program, there will be entertainment. Now I'd like you to meet Miss Trudy Irwin our all-girls singer. <laughs> and when you hear her I'm sure you'll agree that singing's coming back. Trudy
11: candy and give it all to you. I'd spend it all for candy and give it all to you.
1: Cause that's
11: how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. If you were a picture, I'd hang you on the wall. Sit back where I could see you and never move at all. Back where I could see you and never move at all. Cause that's how much I love you, baby. That's how much I love you. I take you up and stroke you and listen to you purr, I take you up and stroke you and listen to you purr, cause that's how much I love you baby, that's how much I love you, if you wanna marry, now let me tell you what, we'll go and find the parson and let him tie the knot, Go and find the parson and let him tie the knot Cause that's how much I love you, baby That's how much I love you, how much I love you Can't tell you how much I love you, baby Baby
10: Thank you, Trudy Irwin. Your carton of Lucky's is in the mail. <laughs> and now, friends, as a... Sp- little late, but thank you. I-
4: <laughs>
10: and now, friends, as a special added feature of our show, Al Jolson will positively not appear as a guest star tonight.
4: <laughs>
10: Revolutionary, isn't it? <laughs> Incidentally, how about that guest star situation in radio? Every show you hear has a guest and always the same ones. Are they interchangeable like plumbing fixtures? (laughs) Is Ford turning them out? (laughs) If so, will General Motors meet the challenge and turn out a convertible guest star? (laughs) First, he's Sidney Greenstreet, then you turn him inside out, and he's Luella Parsons. (laughs) Really, the whole guest star idea is becoming overworked, abused, and Costello.
4: It's, uh...
10: (laughs) It's getting so that even the guest stars have guest stars. But the thing that impresses me is the false enthusiasm of guest appearances. You know what I mean. There's a knock on the door, the door opens and the comedian says, Why, it's Kate Kaiser! What a surprise! What surprise? <laughs> They've been rehearsing for 12 hours and believe me, they're sick of each other by now, you see. <laughs> Have you ever wondered what the guest star and the comedian really think when they stand up there and compliment each other? What do you suppose is going on in their minds? What are they saying to themselves? It would be interesting to find out, wouldn't it?
9: And now, ladies and gentlemen, our guest star, Dennis Day.
6: Thank you. Hello, Jack. Gosh, it's certainly great being here. What's great about it, on a nice Sunday like this, me and my mother could be out with a girl. (laughs) And Dennis, it's certainly great having you here.
10: What's great about it, for what I'm paying him, I could have my choice of any two of the Andrews sisters in a corned beef sandwich.
6: (laughs) Thank you, Jack, and did I tell you you certainly look wonderful? You're the picture of health. How long can he last? (laughs) Gee, I wonder if I can take over his show after the funeral.
4: <laughs>
6: ah, it's very kind of you to say so, Dennis. But you took the words right out of my
10: mouth. I was just going to say that you looked a picture of hell. I'd swear the kid has rickets. Say, <laughs> uh... Tell me, Jack,
6: how do you like having your own show? It's
10: wonderful, Dennis. I just hope I can be as successful as you've been this year.
6: Oh, I'm sure you will be, Jack.
10: But, Dennis, do you realize what you've accomplished? You're on a Jack Benny show, the star of your own show. Great guest appearances, record albums, everything.
6: Well, believe me, Jack, with the right breaks, plenty of other performers could have done the same thing. Oh, Dennis Day, I dare you to name one. Oh, now, Dennis, you're much too modest.
10: Modest, the kid's got two programs already and he's still punching. (laughs) If he could find the right girdle, he'd try to be John's other wife.
6: Oh, by the way, Jack, is there anything I can do to get your show off to a good start? I hope he asked me to sing "Glockamora." I do it great. To hear me, you think I was a native Glockamoran?
10: Well, it would be nice if you'd sing one of those Irish songs you're so famous for. If he sings Glockamora again, I'll blow my brains out.
6: I'd love to sing an Irish song, Jack. After all, I can't deny that I'm a son of old Ireland. He only knew I'm really an Armenian. (laughs) (laughs) What's it going to be, Dennis?
10: I'm praying it's not Glockamora.
6: How about Glockamora? My
4: favorite number!
10: I'd be a sucker to let him sing. He'd make me look about as important as Margaret Truman's piano player. (laughs) Say, Dennis, I've got a great idea. You and I will sing Glockamora as a duet.
6: A duet? That is a great idea, Jack. How do you like this schmo trying to horn in on me? (laughs) One song with him and my hoopla will be dragging. (laughs) Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Uh Uh-oh, I've got a frog in my throat, Jack. A frog in your throat.
10: Oh, that's too bad. A frog. He should have Morton Downey in his throat.
4: (laughs)
6: Sorry we can't sing the duet, Jack. The old throat just closed up on me. Well, I guess we'll have to do something else. I know. We'll tell some jokes, and you'll be the straight man. Me? The straight man? Me? Me? (laughs) Me, 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 ( Tradingandro) me, 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 (laughs) me, me, me. The old throat just opened up on me. I think I can sing now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> How are
6: things in Glockamora? Wait a minute. Is that little brook still leaping Hold there? Hold it. Hold it, kid. Does it still run down? Look, Dennis. Please, look. Look, kid. Kill
10: look, Dennis. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
6: How are minute. Minute! <laughs>
4: yes,
9: Thank you and good night.
4: <laughs> Ladies
9: and gentlemen, Dennis Day appeared with us tonight through the courtesy of his sponsor. Hmm, sponsor. Dennis Day appeared
10: with us tonight through the courtesy of money.
9: <laughs> L.S. M.F.T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. Remember what happens at the tobacco auctions?
7: Year after year, at auction
9: after auction, independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Mr. John Cummins of Cynthiana, Kentucky, has been an independent tobacco auctioneer for over 19 years. He said, for years at the auction, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, good-tasting tobacco. Tobacco that's got quality, real quality. I've smoked Lucky's for 22 years. That says it. A Lucky Strike smoker for 22 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes. L-S-M-F-T. No doubt about it. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw.
10: was looking through a magazine the other day called Unpopular Mechanics. And do you know that there are 5,006,083 fountain pens that write underwater? Most of which are on their way back to the factory. (laughs) Everybody I knew had a fountain pen that wrote under something. Kaiser had a pen that wrote under Frazier. (laughs) Why, they even had an underwater fountain pen for children. The kids could do their homework and drown cats at the same time. And many radio comedians, you should excuse the expression, had a field day. Eddie Cantor did so many underwater jokes that he got a fan letter from a mackerel. It was becoming a terrible situation. What I'd like to know is who's responsible? Who started all this? Who's to blame? Well, I guess I am. Aren't you uh, wearing your water on the knee a little high? Well, I live underwater. Underwater? Yes, I couldn't find any other place to live. Well, you probably paid quite a bonus to an octopus, I imagine. It must be terribly unhealthy down there. (laughs) I'm not long for this world. Tell me something. Is it true about those beautiful mermaids? (laughs) Get a date for me and we'll go drowning together sometime. <laughs> what I'd like to know is, uh, how did you come to invent a fountain pen that writes underwater?
3: Well, I told you I live underwater in a submarine.
10: But it's dry inside a submarine. I know, but I like to write letters on the front por. <laughs> And now, here are three guys that we're very proud of, the Page Cavanaugh Trio. Three boys who met in the Army and decided they made pretty good music together. They now make pretty good money together. Here they are, reading from left to right, Paige, Cavanaugh, and Trio.
2: G. It's great after being out late, walking my baby back home. Arm in arm over meadow and farm. walking my baby back home. We go long harmonizing a song, or I'm reciting a poem. Hours go by and they give me the ice walking my baby back home. We stop for a while, she gives me a smile, and snows her head to my chest. We start to pet, and that's when I get her powder all over my vest. After I kind of straighten my tie, she has to borrow my coin. One kiss, then I continue again, walking my baby back home. door till it's light. She says if I try to kiss her, she'll cry.
10: Thank you, thank you very much. That was the Paige Cavanaugh Trio, L, S, M, F, and T. Last week, I can't wait for those small ones, you know. Last week, I decided to go to the movies, so I got a GI loan and bought a ticket. (laughs) Inside, I paid ten cents for a nickel candy bar, was insulted by two ushers, and finally got a seat next to a lady who was plucking a chicken by the light of the movie Tone News. (laughs) The picture I saw was a British-made movie about an average American family, Lawrence Olivier and Henry Aldrich V. (laughs) Friends, you may not realize it, but the British have made American musicals, American comedies, and even gangster pictures. What's behind all this? Can this be England's revenge for Bunker Hill? (laughs) What if the British should decide to make our Western pictures? Can you imagine C. Aubrey Smith strumming a guitar and singing There'll Always Be a Wyoming? (laughs) Or Sir Cedric Hardwick rescuing Dame May Whitty, the beautiful Mexican (laughs) half-breed? You know, I shudder to think of what the English version of Duel in the Sun might be like.
9: Parliament Pictures presents a saga of the American West entitled, Disagreement in the Shade. (laughs) The cast of characters, in order of their disappearance, Sir <laughs> Arthur Witherspoon in the role of Texas Jack Parr, the Dame Cynthia Duff Armstrong appears as Cactus Nil,
4: <laughs>
9: and by special arrangement with the Abbey Players, the Right Honorable J. Wembley Hollingshead in the role of Shmerry Pete. <laughs> And introducing Parliament Pictures new star, Reginald the Wonder Horse.
2: Full credit is given to Antoine of Paris, who created Reginald's upswept tail do
4: <laughs> And
9: now for disagreement in the shade. <laughs>
0: It's a beastly hot day at the Bar Cheerio Ranch, <laughs> located in Arizona, one of His Majesty's last outposts. <laughs> the film begins as Texas Jack, our ruthless and yet beloved cowhand, rides up to the ranch on Reginald the Wonder Horse. <laughs>
10: Reginald, I say do woa, won't you? <laughs> stout, <laughs> stout horse,
12: Reginald. <laughs> ah, stout
10: horse. Hello, is anyone about?
12: This Jack, darling. You've come home at last.
10: Yes, Cactus Neal, and I've missed you, my sweet. I've been singing and riding 30 hard days on the range.
12: Oh, how dreadful. Yes,
10: frankly, there's very little zip left in my doodah. <laughs>
12: You've been away nearly a fortnight, and I've just noticed that you're bow-legged clear up to the part in your hair.
4: <laughs>
10: yes, I, I am bow-legged, but it's most convenient for letting the covered wagons go through.
12: <laughs> Tell me,
10: my dear, what has transpired while I've been out getting about the gulches?
12: Well, in your absence, Peter employed a new foreman for the ranch, a completely horrible hombre. His name is uh, Smelly Pete. Smelly
10: Pete? I don't know any Smelly
12: Pete. So he's a blackguard and a murderer. And I have reason to believe that Smelly Pete has murdered Sheriff Cavendish.
10: That's quite impossible. I spoke to Sheriff Cavendish only an hour ago.
12: Did he answer you?
10: Come to think of it, no. <laughs>
12: well, there you are. In a word, Tex, this cringing coyote smelly Pete has become a nemesis on these premises.
10: Neil, dear, what you've told me is utterly appalling. Let me take you away from all this, pack up and fly with me to Montana. Montana? Yes, it's just outside Boston. (laughs) Neil, you must be my wife. You simply must.
12: Impossible, Tex. Forget me.
10: I can't forget you, Neil. (laughs) You're with me wherever I go. Wherever I go, you're with me, walking, riding, golfing. Of course, when I go to the YMCA, I must leave you outside.
12: (laughs) Say you will, say it. Oh, you're not being practical, Dex. How would we live?
10: I've thought of that. We'll make our living by raising cactus.
12: Oh, is there a demand for cactus?
10: Demand, why, at this very moment on the New York Stock Exchange, cactus are selling for 50 cents a cack.
12: Darling, you're so resourceful.
10: Neil, my dear, I love you more than life itself, and allow me to assure you that Reginald, my wonder horse, shares my admiration. Don't you, Reginald? right Governor.
4: <laughs>
12: oh, how utterly quaint. Oh, darling, nothing would give me more lasting satisfaction than to become Mrs. Texas Jack. But Peter has promised me to the new foreman. You mean? Yes. I'm afraid I'm doomed to become Mrs. Smelly Pete.
10: This is an intolerable situation. If I can't have you, I shall go out and drown myself in the well.
12: But the well is dry.
10: Then some other time, perhaps. (laughs) But I shan't lose you so easily. I'll seek out this Smelly Pete person and force him to give you up.
12: Oh, You may well have your chance. Look, he's coming this way. Blended, I'm ready. I must warn you, Tex. He's a vicious brute, capable of violence and murder. Hello
7: there, chaps. Anyone
12: for tennis? (laughs) Texas Jack, allow me to present Smelly Pete. How'd you do? (laughs) How'd
10: you do, partner? I understand you're something of a cad. You've stolen 50,000 head of cattle and brutally murdered the sheriff, all of which is decidedly illegal. Well, aren't you the (laughs) (laughs) goody-goody? And furthermore, I suspect that you're trying to marry Neil only to get your hands on her cattle.
9: Uh, Sir, do you accuse me of courting a woman purely for her pot roast?
10: (laughs) (laughs) I do. In view of the circumstances, I fear we shall have to shoot it out.
9: Oh, very well. I'm prepared. Let's get on with it.
12: Oh, you two are so utterly, utterly masculine.
9: Let's get on with it. I'm due on the tennis courts in half an hour.
10: Fine, I shall drop my neckerchief, and we shall both fight once. Bully. (laughs) Here goes then. I'm dropping the neckerchief. Uh,
9: Wait! That neckerchief, those colors, magenta and powder blue on a
10: field of shocking pink. What about them? Those are the Oxford colors. Are you an Oxford man, ma'am? Of course. (laughs) Texas Jack, class of 29. Smelly Pete, class of 28. Heavens to Bevin. How stupid of me I should have known But I thought you were an injure You were an injure, weren't you? Oh, of course I was an injure But since I've moved to Arizona (laughs) It's so frightfully good to see you again, Smelly
9: Likewise, you old varmint You must come to the
10: bunkhouse for a spot
9: of tiffin this afternoon We have so much to talk about
12: Gentlemen, aren't you forgetting that you're supposed to be killing yourselves over me?
10: Oh, drat, I'd clean forgot Oh, yes, we must do some shooting. After all, this is the West, where men are men and women are women. Oh, yes, I believe we have the same
9: arrangement in England. Quite.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Well, do get on with it, you two. You have your pistols drawn.
10: All right, old girl. Smelly Pete, I shall count three. Fire at will. Got you, old boy. Here we go. One, two, three.
9: (laughs) Good heavens, man, you've shot the girl. But I distinctly heard you say, fire at nil. No, no, old boy. I said fire at will. Really, my dear fellow, you should watch your diction.
10: <laughs> well, no matter. The joke's on me. Anyone for tennis?
9: That Parr will be back in just a moment. But first, here's Basil Risdale. Jack will be back in just a minute, but first, here is Basil Rysdale, and as you listen to the historic chant of the tobacco auctioneer, remember, L.S.M.F.T., Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Listen, season after season, I've seen tobacco bought by the makers of Lucky Strike, tobacco that's full of flavor, ripe and mild. James Talley, famous tobacco warehouseman, said that. For years at auctions, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe, smooth-smoking tobacco. Smoke Luck is myself for 29 years. Charles Gunter, 55 years an independent tobacco buyer, said that. Yes, at auction after auction, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Tally and Mr. Gunter can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light... That naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. <laughs> Jack Parr appears through the courtesy of RKO Pictures. Again next Sunday, the Jack Parr Show with Trudy Irwin, the Paige Cavanaugh Trio, Jerry Fielding in the orchestra, and as our special guests, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, James Mason, Greer Garson, Cary Grant, the entire cast of The Best Years of Our Lives, and the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Hi,
10: Everback's a nice guy, but he's an awful liar. Good night, everybody. <laughs>